Ladies and gentlemen, another edition and a special edition of the Sunday Card here on Sports Country Radio, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm so freaking excited because it is Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We have made it through 17 weeks. We have made it and narrowed the field. This year to 14 teams this year. Amazing. We get extra wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall coverage Saturday and Sunday. Triple header. It doesn't get any better than this if you are a football junkie. And Monday Night National Championship as well. I mean, this is – of all the weeks in football, and I'll introduce everybody in a second, of all the weeks in football, this one might be one of the most fun for me is wall-to-wall NFL playoffs, national championship. It doesn't get any better than this. Dan Zampano, Chris Raza, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, the Lemon Pepper Lou Pericone is in the building on the producer mic, dominating as always. His Knicks are hot and they're over 500. Amazing. It's crazy. I don't want to jinx anything. I don't. Best team in New York. Best team in New York. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, Matthew. My friend, we tried, we tried, we tried to get to above 500 for one final time. Got to two wins. Couldn't get to three. And, I mean, what? Uh, I, I, every week I come on and say, one, you know, one's worse than the, the one prior. The, the most recent loss is the worst loss, I guess. But that goddamn Seattle and San Francisco, it's 6-9 to nine going into the fourth quarter. And next thing you know, I literally I started working out in the basement because the end of those games was kind of like, eh, I was keeping my eye on them. Obviously, the Houston-Tennessee one was close and and a couple other ones. And the next thing you know, it's like they got 30 points each, both these teams. What happened? I should have been 3-2 and two, robbed. Absolute amazing backdoor cover by the 49ers with 23 seconds to go. I felt great about it. I know you didn't feel great about it. I did not. not. It was not good. Let me tell you that. But the final record for Matty C., over this year, I hate to do this to you, 28-53-2, but a full two-year record, 78-88-2, which is good for 46.4%. Not great, but a lot better than what this year was. I, I very much appreciate you just lumping that in and just, again, COVID year. It's a COVID year. We're just going to throw out asterisks on every sports championship and every uh, sports podcast. So. And, and the United States of America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chris Raza, welcome back, my friend, from the granite state of New Hampshire. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, uh, so we had a, a bit of a rough middle situation. They're not quite as bad as our friend Matt, but a rough middle of the season. But we finish above 500 two weeks in a row. Yes, you do. A great finish, three and two for Chris Razanator. Had a couple of nice wins on Sunday. Uh, I believe, I believe, if I remember correctly, very nice job with the favorites, Chris. Chargers, Ravens. We hit the Chargers, minus three and a half. We hit the Ravens, uh, minus 13. And we also hit the Washington under. Thank you, Doug Peterson. Hit the (laughs) under on Sunday night. Thank you, Doug Peterson. Thank you, Nate Sudfeld. Incredible that that actually occurred. The Philadelphia Eagles will be the story of the offseason with the quarterback situation. That was insanely amazing theater. And that's why the NFL is the best. Because you get soap operas 
in certain cities, and Philadelphia is the perfect one because those fans are nuts and mostly stupid, and they absolutely wanted to kill Doug Peterson for what he did. Very, very, very bad show there from Peterson. Do we care? Should he have played him real quickly, or do you want to get the better draft pick? I mean, what would you have done there? I mean, I would have played and tried to hit the over, which is another. I just was reminded that that was another total I was robbed on. Two to- two totals that absolutely should have hit. Because, again, this the game was 17, 14 and a half, and it ended, what, 20 to 14? Just because everybody just, like, took the took the gas with the brakes. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's treated like, I get it. Like, I kind of saw where he was coming from, where it's like, they didn't have preseason. So all these guys that normally should get snaps just don't get any playing time at all. You know, it's like, but, and, and then obviously this game doesn't really mean anything. You know, integrity, you're supposed to play to win. I don't like it, but I kind of get what he was doing with if he was really trying to get the guy some snaps and get him some playing time. But naturally, it really does look like he's just tanking it for the draft pick. So tanking intentionally, I disagree with. Yeah, you know, and if you listen to the broadcast, uh, Collinsworth and, and Al Michaels, they were saying that, you know, when they talked to uh, when they talked to Doug Peterson the night before, he said, he's, I'm, I'm playing Sudfeld. He didn't say when or what the situation would be, but again, like, if this was a, a game at 1 o'clock that didn't have, you know, playoff implications for the teams, nobody would care. Like, I literally was like, I was watching this, and like, this is weird that he's in, but I was like, I don't care. Like, this, who cares? If they get a better draft pick, like, we see this all the time. The only reason is people are mad. It's like, well, it's a Sunday night game. It's supposed to be a good game. It's like, dude, it's week 17. Get over it. Uh, yeah, I, I, listen, I hate it. I hate what Peterson did because I think because of the situation about why what we're going through in Philadelphia is the Wentz phenomenon that happened. Now you have Hurts, and now you're saying to the rest of the team, how can we, how can we basically trust that you want to go out and win every game? They players don't care about draft picks. That's the one thing I would say. Players don't care about draft picks. They care about winning. They care about playing. And a lot of these guys, yes, they didn't play, but a lot of these guys also go out there and risk their bodies and risk their lives and risk their money to be able to go play. And that's why I think the players are upset, probably rightly so. But we do have to get two picks. Before we do, Chris Raza, you did finish three and two last week. Chris Raza's final season total 36, 45, and two. His total over two years, 74, 91, and four. That's 44%. For me, finishing two and three, 43, 39, and one. Another year over 500. Amazing. It's amazing that I am still able to do this. Did not finish strong. I will say this. Start 55% down to just about 52%. But two-year record, 88, 79, and one. If you listen to me, you made money, and that's all you need to know. So that's true, is it not? You're carrying the show. No, I was just going to say, you're carrying the show. I got to give you props. You're the only one. If we had three three freaking losers on this show, I think we would have been uh, uh, canceled by our our bosses, you know, our big bosses that we have. Uh, we would have been canceled a long time ago. But, you know, you're carrying the, you're carrying the torch for us. Folks at Sports Country would not be happy with us. Absolutely not. Gene, Gene would be putting down, should put, be putting down the hammer on me this year. I'll tell you that. He would, and he probably will on Friday morning. Don't worry. Um, let's get to the pick, shall we? This is the NFL. This is the wild card weekend. This is so much freaking fun. Let's get right to it. The Indianapolis Colts snuck into the playoffs with a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, as we expected. Almost won the division, by the way, if not for crazy throws by Ryan Tannehill to A.J. Brown. But the Colts do sneak in. The Miami Dolphins are out, thanks to the Buffalo Bills. And lo and behold, those Buffalo Bills... 
gladly gave the Colts a pass and got into the playoffs and welcomed them right back into Buffalo. On Saturday, the first game, 1 o'clock, over-under is 51 currently. Line is set at 6.5 points. The Bills are 6.5-point favorites here. Two teams, obviously the Bills – very, very hot. Haven't lost in a long time. They, and the only loss that they do have in a long time is a Hail Mary, as we've continued to say. The Colts sneak into the playoffs, but nobody is running the ball better than the Colts over the last three, four weeks. Gentlemen, six and a half is a lot of points. Do you dare take the Colts as the underdog in these playoffs? Chris Rothwell, we start with you. I just want to bring up poor Miami Dolphins. Talk about embarrassing on the last Sunday, uh, I was just disappointing for, for Miami. But um, uh, this is one of the games that I was looking at, and this is really a big-time numbers play for me when you're just kind of looking at, at, at the, the past records. Uh, most of the Bills' uh, important players got some real good rest in Week 17. But when you look at the, the Bills overall, were 11-5 against the spread this year. Most profitable team in the league. And Josh Allen, in his career, is 16-12-2 against the spread. And let me tell you, the Bills are 8-0 since Week 9 against the spread and have covered by an average of 14.8 points. as my friends at the old action network. So I'm taking Buffalo minus six and a half. The Colts just worry me too much because you, you're hinging so much on Phillip Rivers. And this is the Bills offense that can put up points fast. And if they get onto an early lead, you're not going to be able to rely on Jonathan Taylor. And I know the Colts do have a very good defense. But this Bills offense, since that addition of Stephon Diggs, has been absolutely terrifying. It seems like that was the exact boost that Josh Allen needed in his career, and we saw it this year with him, with Diggs, with Beasley. And that defense is questionable, but they've got some real playmakers. I, you know, you got the Jordan Poyer guy at safety who's been phenomenal. So I like the Bills a minus 6.5. I think the Colts kind of keep this game a little bit close early, but then the Bills offense just kind of takes over. And, you know, again, I you can't trust Phillip Rivers to save the game. Weather, not a factor in this game, and not a factor really anywhere around the league this week. That's one of the big things that we wanted to know is in January in Buffalo, on Lake Erie, it is blowing like a mad daddy. It's not. I mean, it is relatively calm in Orchard Park. So, Matt, like we said, Colts have been a funny little team for us this year. Buffalo is kind of the darling, maybe the team that people think can knock off the Chiefs. What say you, my friend? Yeah, I mean, whether, you know, no no, no wind, no rain like you were alluding to, we are going to have probably, you know, obviously we're, we're, we are in Buffalo in January. It's probably going to be sub 40 degrees at kickoff. And again, a, a, an old man like Philip Rivers, those old bones in the cold, you know, you got to stretch out a little longer, you know. So there is a, maybe an effect on, on some of the older players in this game. But um, as I look at this game, you know, I'm trying to figure out, naturally the Bills, the Bills have been hot. Bills have been, we've been riding them. Um, we think that they're just playing better than anybody else out, out of the eye test. I mean, they've been the most dominant team out of the last three or four weeks that I've been watching in the league. Um, but the Colts do have the recipe to kind of get the job done and it, running the ball really well. And that's probably the Bills' biggest weakness on their team is their their run defense. You know, early in the season, they were, do- they were kind of um, dominated in some games on the run. Um, and then as far as on the other side of the ball, defending Josh Allen, you can't play man coverage against Josh Allen. As we were saying, you know, him and Diggs and, and John Brown, you know, you get those guys one-on-one on the outside, they want to throw the ball deep and they want to play against cover one and cover two. Versus the Colts play a lot of zone defense. So they play a lot of zone schemes and that's where Allen has thrown the majority of his interceptions this year, where he's had most of his turnovers this year. Um, so I, you know, there's a path for the Colts 
to definitely stay competitive in this game. So the six and a half is really scary. Um, I do think the Bills went out right, but just, just from the eye test of just, they've been playing so much better. There's no team better in the league right now, in my opinion. Um, and McDermott, you know, this is a coaching matchup. McDermott and Frank Reich. Frank Reich usually has the advantage, but McDermott uh, against the spread in his career, uh, or sorry, against the spread coaching the, uh, the Bills, 37, 26, and 3, 58.7% against the spread. Um, and then with Josh Allen as, as his quarterback, McDermott is 26, 16, and 2 against the spread, including the postseason. That's 62%. Um, and covering that covering that uh, that spread margin by uh, more than three points. Um, so I am going to take the Bills here. Um, the Bills this season uh, as are 4-1 and one as less than a uh, seven-point dog at home. 4-1 and one this year uh, as, you know, as less than a seven-point dog at home. I think that they just get this done. I think that they come out early and they come out fast, and that's going to be the recipe for them. Make Philip Rivers have to throw them back into this game. Um, they have to score fast. If they can keep them off the board, then they definitely. I think they definitely stay within the number and they're able to run. Um, but if the Bills get out to a hot start, I have a hard time seeing the Colts catch up. They can look at the numbers and the bet and money percentage really quick. 60% of the bets are on Buffalo. 56% of the money is on Buffalo. So it seems like the, the Bills are getting – more love per se, obviously, from you know the public. The sharp guys again. This line opened, I believe, at seven. Was it? I'm trying to find the opening line again. A seven. So I mean, you know, you're seeing that around that area where it's getting bet down, where a lot of sharps are going to obviously take the Colts. I mean, seven points is seven points when when it's going at this game. To me, I look at this game in one way. I look at this game: Colts defense, Bills offense. We have two guys coaching this Sunday that may not be coaching this, these teams next year. Brian Dable is clearly, gonna, I think, going to get a coaching job. I think he's done an amazing job as the offensive coordinator. If you even look at Josh Allen and how he's been able to uh, extend his career, Josh Allen increased his 20 yards, 20 yard throws and completions this year by 30%. I mean, he's got 62 this year. He had 47 last year. It's like insane what they've been able to do. And I think the reason for that is because Josh Allen has been so much better over the middle, one, and he also has Stephon Diggs, too. So, I mean, I think, obviously, that throws into a wrench. But Matt Eberflus also might be a, a, a head coach next year, mainly because of something that you mentioned, the zone Tampa 2 defense that they like to run. They put a lot of speed on the field, a lot, run zone, and make Josh Allen throw from the pocket not and contain the middle of the field. The middle of the field has to be contained for the Colts if they want to win. And like you said, the key to the game is – for the Colts to win is running the football because I don't think they can get a shootout with, with Josh Allen. I really don't. The way the Colts have been scoring, even with Matt Barkley, I mean, they were scoring it well against the Dolphins. So, I mean, to me, as much as I think the Colts have that path, I agree with you. I think Jonathan Taylor, like, rests with him and them throwing out of the backfield with Hines and them using their offensive line to their advantage. I think they can win that matchup. How long can they do that? Can they do that for four quarters on the road in Buffalo in front of fans now? So, I mean, mm. think it or not, there is 7,000 people going to be at this game. So, you know, that is where I'm at with it. My, my, my heart says Colts, but my head says Buffalo. I got to go Buffalo minus six and a half. Chris, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I would say just weather-wise, it's going to be 35 degrees and clear. So, you know, there's not going to be – Anything crazy weather-wise outside of just it's just a little cold in Buffalo in January. Yeah, yeah, sorry, and then I, I forgot to I, I, some injury some injury notes on this game too. Um, um, you do have Anthony Costanzo, the left tackle, 
out for Indianapolis. I mean, he is huge. We've, you know, we've kind of keyed on that with some previewing some games this year when he's in versus when he's out. Um, they've also got, they've got some other just O-line tackle kind of problems. His back out might, his backup might also be out. So they might be on the third string or, you know, their backup right tackle, basically shifting him over to the other side. And then Cole Beasley for the, the Bills is trending to be out this game. So that's, again, another massive factor. He is their kind of their zone beater. He, he He's Josh Allen's, you know, guy on, on the zone beater. Um, so that really could imp- impact the way that they, this game goes as well. I love it. I love it. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. No question about it. Also kind of like the old thinking about, but we'll talk about that. Mm, I like the under. Ah, oh, there we go. Seattle and the Rams for the third time this year. This game is in Seattle, a 440 East Coast kickoff, a 140 West Coast kickoff. It's amazing how the time zones work. Rams, three-and-a-half-point dog. Rams, maybe, maybe not have Jared Goff. It's still up in the air. Jared Goff coming off thumb surgery. John Wofford would be the replacement. They do get Cooper Cup back off of injured reserve. Seattle, not sure if Adams is going to play. He says he plays. What will the coaches decide on that defense? One of the mainstays on that defense. Seattle has been kind of maligned a little bit maybe as a team that I would say is good but a little overrated. The Rams have questions, injury questions, running back questions, quarterback questions. This is a battle, divisional battle in Seattle. Tough game to call. The over-under, by the way, is if I see it right exactly, is 42. Matt, what do we got? So I want to get before I start breaking down this game. What the fact that this line is posted without us knowing the quarterback? Do you guys take that as maybe someone knows that Goff's going to play? Like we pretty much have he, he he's throwing in practice. I've been trying to do as much research on it today. He's thrown in practice the past two days and stuff like that. Bandages on his hand. Is it that they kind of just know that he's going to play, being a playoff scenario, or is the the replacement level of Walford just? not big enough to change this line. I wanted, what are your guys' like thoughts on that, Dan? Like, Dan? To me, I look at that as normally you wouldn't do that, but because it's the playoffs, you've got to assume that Goff is going to play in this game regardless. I mean, just to come off of that, and guys kind of will themselves to play in these games. Look at Adams. I mean, Adams is going to play in this game. I, I think it's 100%. They, they say in day-to-day, I think he's absolutely playing. I think Goff has to play in this game. If he doesn't, I mean – you have to start questioning whether Jared Goff is the right guy in, in, in with the Rams. I mean, just not only from a talent point, from a you know leadership point as well. So to me, I think Goff plays, no question. So yeah, um, that's my answer. But if does that affect the way? I mean, does does Goff playing? That's my big question to everybody else. Does Goff playing affect how you see this game? Because I think there's a legitimate argument that it doesn't. <laughs> I think it does from the fact that I think that if he is, I think he is going to play, and I think he's coming back too early. I don't think he's ready to play. So if I see Walford, I actually may be more inclined um, to take to lean towards the Rams here, just because knowing they have a healthy quarterback and he was able to play last week, versus Jared Goff, who who you know we talk about him under pressure and he already makes some bad decisions, and if he's got a hurt. You know, he, it was his thumb on his throwing hand. I mean, if he has any sort of problem and he's under pressure and then he's trying to make these, you know, kind of last minute throws, getting things out, you know, he could bang it on another helmet and really kind of flare it up during the game. I think that causes more problems. Um, uh, Andrew Whitworth is going to be back this game. For, start, start with the injury note so I don't forget him this time. Um, and as we're looking at this, um, you know, going into the bet, bet percentages and money percentages, Seattle right now, 58% of the bets, 
50% of the money. Um, so you do have a lot of the pros playing the Rams in this one because all these games finish close. You know, uh, Davis, you know, we see this game all the time. It feels like this is always on primetime game between these two teams in the past, at least for the past two seasons. And, uh, they always are close. So I think people are naturally grabbing that four, but I just think that Seattle, for me, Seattle's changed the way that they've played, at least from the beginning of this season. Um, they, after, after the, uh, after week eight, after their loss to the bills on that very bad call that they had, the, the horrible call that, you know, uh, me and Dan were on opposite sides of that game. They have not, Russell Wilson has not thrown for 250 yards since that game. So they are back to doing what they used to do, where they run the ball on first down, they run the ball on second down. Let Russ cook from the beginning of the season. That's out the window. He has not thrown for 250 yards since week eight. In the first eight games of the season, he only missed that number once against the Vikings by about 25 yards. Mm-hmm. So he, they are not airing it out anymore. And we already know that's uh, what the Rams want to do. If Walford is playing or if Goff's playing, they're going to want to try and keep the ball on the ground. So as low as this total is, we are going to get back on the Seattle Unders. The Seattle Unders should have hit last week, uh, and we got royally screwed. Um, so we are going to take under. I grabbed it at 42 and a half. I'll take the 42 for the show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, last two meetings between this team, uh, Seattle 20, Rams 9, so 29 points. Uh, earlier this year, it was 23 to 16, 39 points. So all those would have hit under this 40 number. It seems super low, but wildcard round is, is, is a time for, for the defenses. So. Yeah, uh, I, I listen. I am I am right there with you in terms of I do think that it will be a defensive game. These games are always close between the Rams and the Seahawks. Um, to me, uh, I think it, a lot of it also depends on who is playing running back for the Rams this week. Sounds like Cam Akers is going to be able to play in this game as well. So that's a, kind of a good stepping stone for the Rams. Whitworth, I think, is a big deal too. I think that that that's undersold as one of the big biggest parts of their scheme on their offense is their line and their ability to block and zone block and do all those things that they want to do. Um, you know, misdirection and 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 their obviously their passing schemes. Uh, to me, I think this game just comes down to quarterback play with the Rams. I mean, I really do. I just golf has seriously been a concern for weeks now and. Now we're getting him coming off of thumb surgery early. If that happens, I agree with you. I agree with you. the same thing. I mean, I that skeptical. I'm very skeptical of that happening. But we got one week of John Wofford, and he played the Cardinals. Kyler Murray went out that game, folks. Kyler Murray went out that game. The Rams, to me, right now, look like Washington. They need their defense to score. That's what it reminds me of, honestly. Wofford in the playoffs, this is a completely different situation. And I think guys just step their game up in playoff games. And I think that's what the Seahawks will do. If Adams is going to play in this game, he's going balls to the wall crazy. And Seattle, that's how they're winning games is defensively. But they have the capabilities, I think, to, like you said, they don't have to let Russ cook anymore. I think that whole thing was a little bit oversold and we're talking about Seattle as an MVP, Russell Wilson. Seattle might be the best team in the NFC. But when you can do things in multidimensional ways, like running the football, which last year they couldn't do. Remember that whole situation we had last year where you just hated Seattle because they had no running backs towards the end of the season. Now they have that ability to do that. That's why, reluctantly, I will take the Seahawks minus three and a half. I think that that is – this is a spot where I hate the three and a half number – but I think that right now the tickets are split in a way where this is really a coin flip game for me, and I'll take Russell Wilson over either Jared Goff or John freaking Wofford 
in, in, in Seattle's ability to play defense. So that's my take on it. Chris. Uh, you know, Matt and I are, are thinking right along here. Uh, hopefully that means Matt's starting a hot streak. Uh, I'm leaning towards <laughs> we, that. <laughs> we are the two losers on the show. Remember, we're not, we're not we're, Dan. We're, uh, listen, we're, it's a new season. Po- playoffs is a whole new season. Yeah, I like that, that under 42. Matt, you brought up the last, last three matchup act, matchups, actually going back to last year, have gone under this total. More numbers for the Action Network. Unders at 11, 7, and 1 in postseason games with divisional opponents. And the unders 12 and 4 in Rams games this year, and 6 and 1 since week 10 for the Seahawks again, per the Action Network. Uh, and I brought up last week when we were talking about the Seattle under, uh, I think it's, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the percentage of Russell Wilson throwing the ball on first and second down is down, I think something like 5 percentage points. Not including last week's numbers, so I'm not sure how ac- exactly accurate that is, but it is less than what they are doing. Uh, the Rams, like we said, have a phenomenal defense. You've got Aaron Donald up front. Uh, they're ranked third in uh, both pass and rush uh, per D- uh, DVOA per Football Outsiders. And again, like Dan Song, the offense is shaky with Goff or John Wofford. You know, God, you know, God forbid, I don't want to root for injuries, but Jared Goff goes out there and he he takes a bad snap, bangs it off someone's helmet, like Matt said. Or he just gets it, like, he just, it just twinges him just wrong as he's throwing the ball, and then that ball goes out, finds a CS, maybe finds Jamal Adams. Something like that. I just cannot trust this Rams offense, again, especially with Andrew Whitworth being out as well. I brought this up last week. Seattle's defense and pass rush since trading for Carlos Dunlap has been significantly better. And this was what we were talking about earlier in the year when they were doing really well. I can't see this team as as a Super Bowl contender unless they get a pass rush. And they seem to have started getting a pass rush, especially with Jamal Adams being healthy before this week. So we'll see what happens there. But again, I like that under. It's a low number. But like I just said, the last three have gone under uh, this number. So give me the under 42. The under 42. Well, Matt liking unders early in Saturday. Not loving. See, this is where we're going to. There is not a lot of weather impact. That is true. But I will say this. The majority of the time, we get colder weather. The overs do start to come up. Just depending on under 40 degrees, sub 40 degree temperatures, we do tend to see overs hit more. But, but. I think Seattle and the Rams are a very specific circumstance. I, I do lean that way towards the under in that game. I agree. Let's go to the next game. And this game to me is without a doubt the most interesting because you have two really interesting stories. Um, this is the heaviest bet game of the week. Saturday night, the Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady. This is a marquee for him. Saturday, 8 o'clock, everybody's going to be watching. Versus a team that is the Washington football team, and the story, Ron Rivera beating cancer, the whole sexual allegations in the offseason with the organization, the no-name team. Alex Smith has to replace their first-round pick quarterback who ends up being a bust and, you know, can't keep his can't keep his mouth from, uh, I was going to say motorboating, but, well, I said it already. But <laughs> it's whatever, you know, like, it's not a good show. Can't keep his mouth off of people. And so Dwayne Haskins, to me, obviously, out the window. Now you've got a guy, Alex Smith, come back from the dead. We don't even know if Alex Smith is paying. But the way the Washington football team got into the playoffs is also factored into this game as well. Nobody believes in the Washington football team in this game. Nobody. If I look at the lines right now, uh, (laughs) as it goes away, um, if I look at the lines right now, Washington 
eight-point underdog at home. 44-and-a-half is the total. There is not a lot of weather and land over at FedEx Field. This game screams to me. It screams to me as a game that I most want to watch this, this game. I cannot wait for Washington and Tampa Bay. Chris, give me, give me something. We're going under. Under 45 in this game. Of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's the playoffs. Right? It's, it's going to be under City. Um, you know, I have no idea what to expect out of Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke, whoever's going to be in that quarterback. Probably Alex Smith. But they're going up again against a stellar defense with Tampa Bay. And then the other side of things. Tom Brady's obviously had a great year. But Washington's had a really solid defense, too. Um, uh, the, uh, again, on the under right now is 10-5-1 for Washington uh this year for action network so again i just like this game to stay under i think it's just going to be close and i think tom brady's just going to have a comfortable game a nice 24 to 10 kind of win uh i just don't see a lot of points being scored in this game i think tom brady's going to go out have a comfortable game and washington's defense can kind of keep it close uh for most of it but then you get a garbage time touchdown to put it away chris absolutely wild thing to say 24 10 close game never heard of it uh, Matt, well, so- it'll be a, it'll be a close game. You know, it'll be like seventeen ten, and then Tom gets you know a last second. <laughs> I love it. Twenty four ten close game. Absolutely love it, Matt. Yeah, Dan, I mean, I'm right with you on this. This is just one that there's so many so many things going into this game. Because mm-hmm. Tampa Bay's been up and down all year, and you talk about Washington, the amount of the amount of storylines within that one team um, is is pretty incredible. Um, Betting numbers, we're looking at Tampa Bay is getting 59% of the bets and about 58% of the money. Um, so kind of right there, no you know, no variance in either way. The under uh, that Chris is taking, 57% of the bets are on the under, 66% of the money. Uh, so, Chris, you are looking to be on the sharp side, or at least the side of more money. Um, and looking into the match of this game, the defenses on each side have an edge in just about every category. One on the Washington defense versus Tampa Bay's offense mainly just because Washington defense is absolutely incredible, um, and, and it's, it's just what they do best. It's how they win ball games. And on the other side of the ball, uh, Tampa's defense is good, but Washington's offense is absolute. Edges all uh, on the defensive side all over, so I do like the, the underplay. Um, it, the way that Washington's going to win this game is they have to get to Brady, right? And this is what everybody kind of is saying right now. They can get pressure with four, with Sweat, and with uh, Chase, uh, Chase Young. Um, they can get pressure with four. Brady has been pressured the fourth fewest times in the NFL this year. The fourth fewest times in the NFL this year because he gets the ball out fast. And that's why I think Antonio Brown is honestly the biggest difference maker in this game. Um, You know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are the guys they want to throw downfield to. But the way that they've gotten Antonio Brown involved with getting the ball out quick and and getting, you know, short passes and having him do, you know, get, get the yak and get the yards after the play. That's really where it's going to be at. I am going to take Washington plus eight. I just can't talk myself into laying the eight plus with Tampa Bay. I mean, there's an absolute possibility they blow them out. There's an absolute possibility they blow them out. But can't forget that this game is late. This game is after Tom Brady's bedtime. And as much as that seems silly, in every primetime game he's played in a late game this year, he hasn't looked good. So I'm just going to keep leaning on that. We're going to hope that Washington can get um, some incredible pressure with the four guys. And we'll hope that Bruce Arians kind of been a problem for this team all year with a lack of a game plan. They might not be ready for this team. They might come in with, with you know, not the right game plan and how to handle this team. And I know that Ron Rivera is going to have his boys ready. So I'm going to take Washington plus eight. And we're going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line because it's plus 330. You have to take a little bit of money line plus 330. This is Pittsburgh. This is the same Pittsburgh game from, from week 15 or 14. Hmm. 
That is interesting. That's interesting that you say that. Hey, this is Pittsburgh. Um, to me, there's a couple of factors in this game, too, that I want to hit on. Devin White's not playing in this game for Tampa. I think that is significant in terms of Washington doesn't really like to throw the ball down the field that much. If they're going to run it at all, Devin White not being there is a factor in them being it because they do have a pretty decent offensive line with Moses and Scherf and some of those other guys, especially the right side of the offensive line is really good. Mike Evans has not practiced this week at all. And it's still considered possibly out for this game. Limited practice on Thursday. Limited okay. practice on Thursday. So limited yeah. practice on Thursday. I would imagine he plays. How much of a factor they're going to involve him in? I mean, I hope, obviously, I think they will. But, you know, to me, like you said, this whole week has been talked about with the defensive line of the, of, of the football team against the offensive line of, of Tampa. And, and that's that's where the – Washington is going to need a lot of bounces to win this game, um, fall their way. And they're also really going to need to control things. They're going to need to control the line of scrimmage, obviously, and they're going to need to control the clock. Um, Antonio Gibson is huge in this game. I mean, absolutely huge for them. Uh, Carlton Davis has also been limited, but it sounds like he's going to play for Tampa. So, you know, more than likely the guy that's going to be covering Terry McLaurin. Where does Washington – where does Washington – like we, we talk about Washington's defense like it's like this amazing thing, and their defensive line is amazing. Their back end is, to me, middle-of-the-road average to me. I mean, they're not great tackling team. Uh, they don't really cover that well. They're okay in big spots, but they get so much help from that defensive line that it makes them kind of look better than they are. Uh I don't know how they're covering all these receivers. I just don't. And I, and I dare say, Matt, Antonio Brown, would he be considered a X factor, if you will? That might be <laughs> just to, to restore something from the dead here. I think that Antonio Brown, I think you're right there. I mean, he is going to be the factor in this game. If Washington can slow him down, force Brady to maybe throw the ball down the field like a little more, like, you know, Brady has pushed it. Brady has certainly pushed it, but they are on the road. They got Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and Duron Payne and Montez Sweat to deal with. And if Brady gets flustered and frustrated, I've seen the look before. I've seen it a thousand, thousand times. If Brady gets flustered early, Washington's got a chance to win the game. Why is that? Look at the point differential for Washington from the first half to the second half. It's enormous. It's like minus 150. 15 in the first in the first half it's like plus 105 in the second half it's unbelievable if washington is down by 17 in the first half they are not coming close and they probably won't cover but if they're down by three at halftime i can very easily see them winning this game very easily see them winning this game with the momentum that that would bring i will take washington plus eight I will take Washington money line. I will take the Washington football team to win it. I hate doing it against my guy, but you have to do it. That's the only, only thing. That number, by the way, the money number, has come way down from 98% to 57%. Nobody thinks the football team is winning this game. Nobody. And that's exactly why you take them. Washington. I want to point out, Tampa Bay and Washington have the same amount of wins against playoff teams this year. Tampa Bay has only beaten one playoff team. That was the Green Bay Packers. Washington has obviously beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Tampa Bay, I mean, Maggie, I just want to bring up, Matt brought up a good point. Tampa Bay has struggled against good teams, and they have struggled in prime time. And I'm not saying Washington's a really good team, but like Dan said, they have a great front seven, and it's in prime time. You want another fun stat, Chris? Give How me about a fun this? stat. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Under 500 playoff teams, 7-2 and two against the spread all time. Just saying. Uh, shades of Beastquake from a couple of years ago? Just saying. Not, not. I would say not to mention uh, Brady versus the NFC East. Just also, just say. I, I, I would say I've, I, I, the one reason I was kind of rooting for Philly last week. I really wanted to see the Giants against Brady. Oh, just, that would just be for the storyline. That would be nauseating for him to have to go to MetLife. Oh, House of Horrors. Uh, let's get to Sunday, folks. I can't even go there in my mind. Um, let's get to Sunday. That game is so fun, though. That that is going to be such a good game. This game is going to be really fun too. Sunday, one o'clock, good old Nashville, Tennessee. Country music and Western culture and the grand old Opry, and the crab cake comes and invades. The Baltimore Ravens are going to <laughs> Lewis. Just giving me the look of the century. Uh, Lewis, I mean Lewis, Baltimore. Baltimore. I got Lewis and Baltimore. See, that kind of goes together. Ray Lewis, you know, like, oh, thank you. See what I did there? See what I did there? Baltimore and Tennessee. That's where we're going. Baltimore and Tennessee. The number is Baltimore. Road favorite. Minus three and a half. Uh, number has come down a little bit. The over-under is 54 and a half. Listen, we've got, the, we've got King Henry coming in. I'm Henry VIII, I am. The eighth player in history to go to 2,000 yards. And we also have yeah, – that's true. Amazing. Amazing how I come up with this. That was, that was lovely. You like that? That's poetic. Baltimore <laughs> Baltimore coming in red hot. We love Baltimore. Did we not say last week Baltimore was the most dangerous team in the AFC coming in if they get in as a wild card team? We did. And, and Baltimore comes in so red hot. Haven't played the greatest of opponents the last few weeks, but we've seen it before where teams that – maybe need to get right at the end of the season, beat up on bad teams, i.e. 2018 New England Patriots, go in and then go on a big run. So let's take it for what it is. These two teams love to run the ball. And they have a history of defense, but Tennessee's has been suspect this year. So, Matty Ice, this might be one of the funnest games of the weekend. Give it to me. Yeah, this is the game I'm definitely looking forward to the most. Um, and I, I have futures on both these teams. I mentioned I was talking about our futures tickets last week. I have I have uh, plus 1,700 on the Ravens to win. And Titans, I've got plus 2,000, I believe, for, for both for the AFC Championship. And this, yeah, man, this game was playing with my heartstrings. I've been I'm pumping up the Ravens as far as, like, again, they got their mojo back after they had a, a litany of just COVID problems throughout the year. Um, but, yeah, that what you said, what you hinted at about they haven't, played the best opponents in recent weeks. I mean, it's been uh, the Bengals, the Giants, the, the Jaguars, the Cowboys. And so, yeah, like naturally they should beat up. That's what the Ravens do really well. And, and get most of those teams, they put up over like 250 rushing yards on all those teams. Over 400 rushing yards on Cincinnati last week, which is just insanity. Um, and guess what? The Titans defense isn't that good either. <laughs> like the reason the Titans have gotten here is because their offense is incredible. Um, as far as how these teams both rank, you know, they, they're both so similar. This game is really is a coin flip. And I was texting Dan earlier saying how, you know, getting those three points should be such a big impact in this game. But 
I, I just I have to I have to ride with Baltimore here because I just have I've had this feeling about them and I think that there's a couple things that I was able to find that that maybe ease my pain of not taking these not taking these points and laying three points um, with this team on the road um, expected points added on offense and defense Baltimore ranks tenth on offense six on defense um, expected points added for Tennessee second on offense twenty eighth on defense. Baltimore is just a far more balanced team. Um, and again, obviously, this goes back to last year, the, the big upset in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Ravens were, I believe, 10-point favorites in that game. They got beaten by, you know, that, that was one of Derrick Henry's massive coming out games as far as, like, this guy's easily the best running back in the league. Um, but they outgained them in that game. Obviously, most of that came late with all, you know, with, with coming back and garbage time. But the Titans' defense, you know, they are vulnerable to be giving up yards. One of the biggest factors I think it's going to come down to this game. Um, I got two points here. Third down offense. Um, or sorry, third down defense. Apologize. Ravens are third. Uh, third down defense is second in the league. They only allow opponents to convert on 34% um, of their third downs. Titans are dead last. They are allowing conversions on 51% of third downs. Versus a, a coach in John Harbaugh who loves to be aggressive in these situations, go for it on third and fourth down, obviously in short yard situations with his phenomenal running game. I think that Ravens are going to be milking drives and just keeping drives alive all game long. And then we can't forget about maybe what this game might come down to with three points is that the Titans have had kicker problems for two straight seasons right. versus the Ravens have Justin Tucker, who is the who's never missed a kick ever in football. He's never missed a kick that I've seen as far as I know. So, if we're talking about coming down to a field goal, I am not going to put my eggs in in the Tennessee Titans kickers' baskets. I don't, I'm not even sure who's kicking. They change kickers on a weekly basis. I really don't know who's kicking. Rookie, the rookie got them into the playoffs like last week. He hit the hit the hit the bar and it went in. Let's let's hope he has that much luck again this year. But I will take the Ravens. I will lay the three points and I will ride with Lamar Jackson. Riding him like a steed, Chris. But there is a very, very – don't give me that look. Lewis. There is a very, very horseman, workman-like running back back there. It's Derrick Henry, who I actually think should probably be second in the MVP voting, to be quite honest, because nobody gets 2,000 yards in this day and age. Chris, Derrick Henry, does he lead them again to the promised land at home this year? Got Matt and I are just on the same wavelength. This is uh, insanity. <laughs> but I, you're making good points. Again, I the one thing I want to say is this is a put-up-or-shut-up moment, obviously, for the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, as he hasn't done well in these kind of big primetime moments. But like Matt said, Baltimore's made their money playing really bad defenses, and Tennessee has a horrible defense. A couple other points um, uh, to what Matt said is the Titans have also the third-worst red zone defense. They have allowed touchdowns on 69 nice, 0.2% of drives in the red zone they also last in pressure rate so again this this could be a very much a situation where baltimore just has these eight nine minute drives just taking up time and the you know taking up time of possession milking the clock and then if their defense gets one or two stops it could you know if they're able to kind of keep this up and then their defense just stops gets one or two stops against the titans it could be a very long game for tennessee um not to knock tennessee's offense derrick henry is probably the best running back in the nfl uh and like dan said should be second in mvp voting but i just like this to be a game where baltimore just can control the clock the entire time and just doesn't give a chance it's similar which will also be the recipe if they play the chiefs just don't let ryan Tannehill and derrick henry take the field just keep them on the sidelines have these long drives 
and they have a really good shot of winning and covering because Tennessee's off defense is terrible, and they're even worse in the red zone. So it could be just a long, grueling, grinding game for Tennessee, and those running games exhaust defenses. So they will just, you know, you could see the three, four-headed monster, whatever they've got going on in Baltimore, just wreaking havoc when we get deep into that third and fourth quarter. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I have this just thought going through my, my brain that I want to know who wins this game if, if it becomes a shootout because I think this, this, this game might have the potential to be like how the Ravens played the Browns earlier this year. Uh, really that high of a score. I mean, uh, this really could get out of hand fast with how good the Titans are now at throwing the ball down the field. Um, like you said, Ravens haven't had to really deal with any deep threats of anybody. Playing the Bengals and the Giants the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's it's really been cake for them more than anything. And and when 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 they played the Browns, they got exploited down the field. Um, to me, I, I, I look at Tennessee and I see kind of a similar scheme like that where I look at them and I see, you know, Yes, Derrick Henry, but I also see A.J. Brown. I see how Corey Davis has completely researched uh, this year as a wide receiver. He's had a very, very good year. Um, I see a lot of that. But I also see this. I see that, you know, I go back to last year's game. Why did Tennessee win that game? It wasn't just because of Derrick Henry. It was also because they forced Baltimore to play left-handed. They forced them to play out of their element. They forced Lamar Jackson to throw the football a gazillion times. I mean, that was a huge factor in that game to why Baltimore was completely out of their element. They had had two weeks off. I think this game, Baltimore might be a little more prepared because I think they've gotten better at not just having Lamar Jackson find that safety valve on Mark Andrews. I mean, we've complained about that all the time, that Mark, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, can we spread the ball around? They have begun to spread it around a little bit with 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 uh, with Holly Brown, Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin, Dez. I mean, like they've they've gotten a lot more the past few weeks out of their targets. That being said, I hate this game with a burning passion as far as the spread goes. Cop-out game. This is my cop-out game. I will take the over 54 and a half, and I will gladly look at it because I like the Titans have had more overs than anybody this year. And yes, Baltimore's only seven and nine to the over, but I think there's a definite chance that this could be very much like if Baltimore gets up, which I think they very well could. I really like Baltimore kind of to win this game too, Matt, but Baltimore gets up, could very easily see late in the game, Tannehill pushing the ball down the field, trying to get, and they have the ability to do that now. They can do that as an offense. Baltimore can do it too now. I think this is going to be a great game. Might be the most fun, might be the highest scoring game of the day. I really believe that. Baltimore, Tennessee, over 54 and a half is my play. There we go. Yeah, that's that's another one. I was, I was curious if anybody was going to get to the total on that because it's obviously I think that's the highest total. Yeah, it's higher than the Bills total. So that's the highest total on the weekend. And naturally, you know, I think people see these offenses, especially the way the offenses have been going for the past three weeks, respectively. You, you expect nothing but points in this game. And that's it does scare me a little bit. And I want to you know point out, Dan, we do have, uh, again, bet percentages. Uh, uh, Baltimore getting 53 percent of the bets, 78 percent of the money. The under 35 percent of the bets. 85% of the money. So maybe the Sharps are seeing a little bit of value on the under here because, again, naturally the highest total of the week in the playoffs is kind of a public side. Not going to Danny Publix over here, but, you know, uh, I, I do, again, I kind of lean towards the under. I've said it before, just about every game this week. This week. I, th- I think uh, I actually might put a teaser in, just, just do all six te- all six unders for the week and just tease them up an extra, an extra point. So, but... 
Uh, yeah, I, 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 we'll see where that game goes. No, I mean, look, listen, I think where we're at with this number, um, you've seen it obviously like came down and then came back up. So this number did get down to 54 and now it was got up to 55 and now back to its normal levels. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting game. I just think there's a consensus in that. I don't see a consensus and enough wiggle room for me to take either one of these teams on the side. Let's go to net, 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 Nickelodeon game. Let's do it. Chicago Saints, Nickelodeon on 440 in the afternoon. Von Miller's going to be there. SpongeBob SquarePants, Perch Perkins on the sidelines. I am excited to see a lot of slime involved in this game between the Bears and the Saints. Uh, Listen, we know that this game is – Super, super lopsided in one way. Saints are 10-point favorites in their dome. The Bears completely backed into the playoffs. I mean, you've never seen a worse step into the playoffs than than what Chicago just did, getting help from the Rams. The over-under is 47. Obviously, we're all skeptical of Mitch Trubisky. We're all skeptical of the Bears after a few weeks of great offensive play, and then they play one good team, and they just get slaughterhouse five. Uh, New Orleans, this is it for them. This is this is the last ride, the ride of the Valkyrie, the last ride of New Orleans to win a Super Bowl with Drew Brees. They don't get it done. Their window is is out with him at least. So, with a lot of pressure on the Saints. Can they possibly find themselves on upset alert against the Bears? Chris? Well, I'm not even going to comment on that because I'm going to take my third under of the of the weekend. <laughs> which you – I know, I know. Uh, which this was almost a hard under to pick. So I'm reading up on some stuff. And it's like everything points to, all right, Dome's playoff game with Drew Brees. Over, 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 over. It's majority of the time. But I, and I, I had it typed into my notes, and I was like trying to convince myself that the Bears can score points. Trying so hard to convince myself, and I just couldn't do it. So I'm just gonna go with the under 47. I think the Saints are gonna are gonna win, and they definitely have a chance to cover. I just don't want to touch a line that that's big, especially considering the Saints kind of playoff woes these last three years, the insanity that they've had happen to them in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think I just don't see how the Bears are gonna score any points. They're going up against a phenomenal Saints defense, one of the best defenses in the league, especially when you're talking about the front seven. Uh, and then on the other side of things, the Bears have a pretty solid defense. Like I think they're going to be able to contain the Saints' offense enough to keep them under this total. Especially, I think they're just going to try and run the ball with Alvin Kamara a lot and just kind of keep control of this game and kind of keep you know Trubisky off the field. Uh, so I think the under forty-seven, you know, that's what I like. Matt, I am fascinated to hear what you have about this game because I feel like the Bears have been like you're stepping on a Lego with them this year. I mean, you love them and you hate them at the same time. You can play with them, but they freaking hurt. And it's it's been a carousel for you. So I want to know. Dan, your analogies are spot on today. Your analogies are fantastic. Um, that's exactly how I feel about this game. Um, me and Chris, I will say, are not going to be on the same side here for once. Um, I, the, the two questions that I have written basically on my, like, when I was thinking this game, it's like, how does how is Breeze going to handle pressure? Because again, Breeze this year just like yeah, his arm his arm is clearly not what it used to be. He's still able to move the ball downfield uh, um, like a little bit, 
and expecting Michael Thomas to be back this game, which is obviously massive. You know, the third the third down converter and Michael Thomas um, keeping drives alive. And then are the Bears going to be able to move the ball on a real defense? Because, again, they had those few weeks where it was like, the Bears, look at this offense. Mitch Trubisky, he's back. And they're, they're David Montgomery all of a sudden is running for over 100 yards every game. Uh, I can almost guarantee that's not going to happen to this one as far as David Montgomery goes. Um, and But I still, 10 points in a playoff game is just way too much. And we're going to go back to some of, the, some of these old principles that we were doing towards the end here that didn't really work out. And we just want to be on the side of the book in this one. Because we have 61% of the Mets bets and 89% of the money. I got the Mets on the mind today. Francisco Lindor, hello. Um, 61% of the bets, 89% of the money on the Saints. This just feels like Saints betters are they're, they're going to win. They're going to be cruising to victory. And then maybe at the very end of the game, Matt Nagy says, well, I, I got I to gotta kick a field goal so I have enough to get, you know, the, the eight points if I get another, you know, with minute and a half left and I have no timeouts, but I got to kick this field goal right here that's going to get us just inside of 10 and I need to score an eight, po- you know, eight points with a two-point conversion. I just see this game somehow screwing people that are willing to lay this big of a number in the playoffs. I This is just, it just feels way too big to me. I don't know how they get there. I don't know why, but plus 10, I'm going to take it. Matt, I bet you a nickel that that field goal that Matt Nagy kicks is what will kill my under. <laughs> oh boy, the old double, the old double killer there. <laughs> double doink reference for the double kill. Um, I think in this game that all of the pressure is on the Saints. All of the pressure is on the Saints. Obviously, they know what's at stake in this game if they were to lose, and it seems like every year the Saints let that pressure creep in a little bit into their locker room. The Bears completely just backed into the playoffs, though, and just played just terrible teams to end the season, go and play Green Bay at home and just get – I mean, kept it close for a while, but got railroaded. Now, we have seen this game before. We've seen this game this year in Chicago, and this game went to overtime. Um, and, And this was a really, really interesting game. Nick Foles played most of it. Trubisky came in for him later, got them to the overtime. Foles came in, and they just couldn't close the deal. The Bears' defense against this offense was phenomenal. I mean, in that game, they were phenomenal. It was in Chicago. It was like mid-October, November. I can't remember. It was like right on that precipice. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. However... I think, again, I will come back to it. All the pressure is on the Saints. All the money is on the Saints. Everybody expects the Saints to win. So, without further ado, call me crazy. Take the Bears plus 10. I will take the Bears money line at plus 385. I think that they will – this is a complete madness. Something always happens on Wild Card Weekend that surprises us. And what was it last year? Another NFC North team, nobody thought would win, came into New Orleans and won the game. I don't know how they're going to do it. Trubisky, they have to keep it simple for him. Matt Nagy, dink and dunk your way. Pick your poison. Be able to play defense. Pressure Drew Brees. That's it. And, and Kamara, obviously, is the, is the thing that you look at and you say, man, how are they game planning for him? 
But again, they played them already this year. They somewhat limited Kamara, not all the way, but, you know, they kept themselves in this game. The Bears can find a way to keep themselves in this game. Late into the fourth quarter, keep the game tied or down by three. Certainly, I think the doubt begins to creep in for the playoff Saints. Playoff Saints are different than regular season Saints. Let's all remember that. Bears win the game. Hey, uh, Bears win the game. I love that. I, lo- I love the the bold prediction there. Yeah, they, they, I mean, t- yeah, you know, he might. Th- this also does feel like a spot, though. Again, where I feel like everybody is kind of doubting Drew Brees, uh, or maybe not. I don't know. I can't get where public perception is on him I right can't now. See any of that? I I see everybody is loving the Saints here. Mainly, I don't think it's because of Drew Brees. I think it's because New Orleans' defense is really good because of Kamara. You Kamara, know, yeah things but they forget that this game already happened and this was an overtime game i mean i understand like it's a mid-october game but like i said playoff saints are different than regular season saints you just it's it's just every year they peak early and i think that this might be a spot granted it's crazy that it's the bears but you know what nobody's a bigger mvp mitch fan than me this weekend let me tell you that the the Saints as over uh, between seven and thirteen and a half point favorites uh, this year are one in three, one in three as as more than a seven point favorite this year. I like so. I like the Saints to squeak out a win. To yeah. squeak out a win now. Now he's okay. Now he's okay with saying it. Now that somebody said it. See, that's what he does. See, well, I see my you. Thing, you know, <laughs> my thing is, I think if it's going to go under, I'm, the Bears are going to keep it close. That's the thing. Well, that's true. See, that's yeah. why I would take the under. I if it's over. It's over. Saints are going to I just don't want to put my trust in, in Trubisky. That's why I copped out with the under. Fair. Fair. I do it all the time. Let's cop out together, my friend. I love How it. About th- three um, unders. God, I hate myself. Three unders. You guys are no fun. Uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, the final game of Wild Card Weekend. The game that we all deserve, folks. A rematch of last week. Why not? I mean, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, 47.5 is the number. To the total, and the number is now six because Kevin Stefanski ain't coaching in this game. Uh, he has COVID. He will not coach. Uh, I believe – I can't remember the player. Oh, Batonio. Batonio is not going to play in this game either, the right, the left tackle. That is a big freaking deal for the Browns. Um, the number jumped from three and a half to six on that news. Is that number jump justified in your eyes, Matthew? It, I, I that's what I've kind of been analyzing with this game. It's like, is that too much? Um, especially, uh, you mentioned the stat. I can't remember what it was exactly, but the, or Chris mentioned it as far as divisional games. You know, with the dogs, uh, the dogs covering the spread. Um, but I guess it uh, should be because so if that you that was with the unders. Oh, the unders. Sorry. Yes. Um, was, yeah, with the I think with the Rams Seahawks. Um, but yeah, I mean Stefanski. We kind of have said. It. I mean, he he. We think we got to credit him for changing the look of this Browns team with just kind of his whole scheme and everything. Like, it feels like he's the one that tr- made them into this into this competitor. Um, you know, they had basically the same rosters last year, but they just needed the coaching to go along with it. And they've been also dealing with this for about two weeks now. This is, you know, this is two weeks of struggles of being, you know, not in person and not being able to, to be fully, fully prepared for a playoff game while Pittsburgh was just able to rest most of their starters last week um, and still gave the Browns a headache. So I don't want to pick my game. I don't want to pick this right now. Someone else go first because I'm, I'm honestly still just like, 
all over the place. That's that's perfect because you know I I, I will take the reins here for a second, Chris. Yeah. I look at this game in really one way. The Browns played a team last week that were missing the majority of their starters, right? And they won by two freaking points. I mean, they won by two freaking points. A missed two points against the difference. backups. Are you kidding? Like. That's the team that's coming out here. Now they don't have their coach and their best lineman. Slaughter. This is slaughter to me. This is classic Cleveland. Get into the playoffs and get out. We've talked about it all all year. At least I have. Never been a fan. Never been a fan. I've always thought they were overrated. Tenth grade bully is going to get massacred and sent back to middle school in this game. Because, listen, Stefanski is the offense. Stefanski is the key. He keeps Baker under control without Batonio. I mean, you're either getting Watt or Hayward or one of the other guys coming around that edge against a backup lineman. And that is a major key flaw. That's the Steelers' best part of their defense. The Steelers' defense is just, I mean, and we see, again, this is the third time we're going to see this game. But, you know, to me, with, with that amount of problems, that the Browns are dealing with this week and all the distractions that those bring going into a playoff game against with a team that has never had any experience in it. You know, to me, as much as Big Ben is, you know, we've seen maybe struggles, I think that week off is really going to help him. I really do. I think the, the, the rest for him, he needed it more than anybody to get right and, and get to see, you know, get to watch the game from 30,000 feet, if you will, and watch that defense. They're going to have to protect them against Garrett and Vernon. That's obviously a key to the game. But I'm not sure Cleveland is going to really be able to cover the receivers again. Uh, you do worry about Connor. I do worry about that somewhat. But to me, it's like, can the Browns are the Browns going to be efficient enough to score that many points against this defense? Hard for me to say that is. I'll take the Steelers minus six. I think it's. I still think as long as it's under a touchdown, I think the Steelers can win that game by at least a touchdown, especially at home. Give me the Steelers, Chris. Yeah, and yeah. I think one thing you, again you hammered home is that number at under a touchdown is what makes me feel super comfortable with the Steelers minus six. Um, and and I, I talked about this uh, some stuff I did for school where I thought Kevin Stefanski was the missing piece for the Browns. He's the reason Baker Mayfield was able to kind of get out of that slump from his sophomore year. Uh, and, and you bring up the missing offensive linemen, and they showed some stats when the, I think they were Cleveland was playing Sunday night a couple weeks ago. Baker is. Horrific. I think it's quarterback rank, something like 35 when he's under pressure. He has no idea what to do when he's under pressure. And you've got, you know, this this steel curtain defense of the Steelers that never seems to fully go away ever. Uh is gonna be a big issue for Baker. And just even some other number stuff. Brown's six and ten against the spread. And since Baker's rookie year, last year and this year, opponents are 20, 11 and one against the spread per action network against the Browns. Steelers. 2-0 against the spread against the Browns this year. Uh, and, and again, we, we've already brought this up now a few times. We saw this game last week. We saw the Browns struggle against the Steelers' B team. And now they're getting the A team with essentially a week off. And you've got a, a severe now coaching advantage when you talk about Mike Tomlin and whoever the heck is going to be the head coach for this game for the Browns. You've got the extreme just veteran leadership of Big Ben, who's been here. He's won Super Bowls before. He knows what to do in these situations. This game honestly shouldn't be close, and it sucks for Browns fans that you're finally back in the playoffs in 2002 and you don't get your genius head coach in this game because if Stefanski was at least able to coach and scheme and get things ready, 
for Baker, I think it'd be different. But it's just all signs to this point that this could be just a blowout for the Browns. That you know, like I said, Baker sucks under pressure, and they're down their best offensive lineman against a really good defense, and you're down your you know this next genius head coach going against against guys who have been there, they know what they're doing, and they know exactly how to handle these situations. And I get it's a I get it's a public play. I understand that. I think that, that doesn't mean it's bad. Well, I think the reason because of that is all the money coming in after it being at three and a half, and then all jumping up to six. I mean, that's why the that's why the money is so high on on, on Pittsburgh. But some things are just kind of you know, in in some ways, sometimes the public it's not wrong. Sometimes you have do have to ride with them. This is, I think, one of those moments where it's almost so easy that you're stupid if you're not looking. And and not to say if anybody was think the Browns are stupid. I'm just saying it's that it feels like that easy, and sometimes it is. Well, well, I certainly won't pick the Browns right now. Uh, <laughs> Matt's sitting there, like looking at his notes. Browns plus six looks pretty good. No, no, I think you're right too. And you mentioned you mentioned uh, you know was it three and a half? And there actually was showing a little bit of movement towards the Steelers before the Stefanski news. So it, it kind of already was trending towards that. I think this game might have closed, even with Stefanski, maybe more like four or so in favor of the Steelers. So, um, and, and yeah, I mean, you guys you guys pretty much laid it out as far as just what what the, the Cleveland Browns just offense and what they're not going to be able to do against this defense. You know, as much as we talked about how overrated Steelers were all year, they still were a very good team. They're still an extremely good team. And then just the history between these two teams – I mean, as, as if again, as if Pittsburgh just hasn't beaten up on the Browns enough in the last history. Uh, the the whole in this in these matchups, the home team is five and one against the spread in their last six meetings. Um, and as, as much as the Browns have bounced back, the Browns are one four and one against the spread in their last six games in Pittsburgh. One four and one against the spread. So, yep, we are gonna ride along with you guys, and we're gonna take the Steelers. And I'm realizing how. Very similar, all of our thoughts are uh, on these games. I, if I could just do a quick recap before we even go any further, but um, none of us are on opposite sides here on this on these games. So if we go back to Buffalo and Indy, we are all on Buffalo minus six and a half. Uh, L, uh, the Rams versus Seattle. Uh, me, uh, me and Chris are on the under, and Dan is on Seattle. Uh, Washington and uh, Tampa Bay. Me and Dan are on Washington. Chris is on the under. And money. And money line. I sprinkle a little on the money line. Of course, got to do it. Uh, got to do it when you bet a dog. Um, Baltimore, Tennessee on Sunday. Um, me and Chris are on Baltimore while Dan's on the over. Um, Chicago, uh, New Orleans. Me and Dan are both on Chicago while Chris is on the under. And obviously in this game, we are all on Pittsburgh. So we're either all going to have a really good week, boys, or we're going to be crying at our cornflakes come Monday. Oh, <laughs> Monday. In case anyone's <laughs> curious, uh, the weather in Pittsburgh Sunday night is a crisp, cool 25 degrees, but no, no precipitation. No, uh, no, uh, no wind or anything, but it is Pittsburgh. It is January, so it's going to be a little, little, little chilly, a little nippy out that on is, the field. That is AFC North football. Oh, mm-hmm. That's that's like why I'm like I'm, you get the guys down in the stances with the the breath coming out of their face I masks. Was, I was just going to say the, uh, the, 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 the breath coming from the face mask from like a side view is uh, cue the is NFL films music. Give me give me seventies football. Give me the ice bowl. I hope we get like another like. My, well, well, we got Green Bay. I'm um, oh, give me a give me a give me that a be- negative ten degree Green Bay frozen tundra playoff game, a la 2007 Giants Packers. I need that this year. And I if need all that for the life of me, if all holds, like if if the Bears do end up winning this weekend, that's where they're going. So you could possibly have Bears Packers 
playoff game. Haven't had that in a long time. <laughs> I mean, you're talking James Steam coming off his bald head, like all that good stuff. Oh, like, oh, man, that's smash mouth football. That's, right there. that's just football porn, basically. That's all that is. Watch that every day of the week. Watch it every day of the week. Let's go to any leans outside of – I know, Chris, you have a lot of over-unders. Are you leaning towards any teams uh, that don't have picks? You know, uh, I was kind of leaning – I wanted to lean towards the Rams in the Seahawks game just because it's, you know, over that, that three and a half. You know, it's within that field goal, tight divisional game, but I just don't know what the quarterback situation. Um, and, again, the other one, the other really one I really like, again, was the Washington plus eight just to kind of keep that game close. Um, and kind of keep things interesting uh, for for the Buccaneers. So those are kind of two other things I was looking at, um, along with the Ravens-Titans over. Nice. Matt, anything for you? Yeah, I mean, again, I really, I really kind of end up leaning towards all of the, the unders this week. So, I mean, I definitely, you know, like I said, I, I took the one in Seattle. Um, as far as other ones that I, I think I really might get in on, I, I, Washington, the Tampa Bay-Washington one is the other one for me that I think would be an under. I think this most recent game, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, 47 points. I mean, I think that that could go way under. That could go way under. That could be 24 to 10. The, the, yeah, that one is an interesting one. I'm actually on the opposite side of a couple of you guys on, the, on these. Just a couple of totals that I might dive into. Bucks washington I think that could be a sneaky over. Uh, for Washington, I mean, people are kind of doubting that Washington can score a lot of points. I think 45 is a pretty good number. So, you know, a pretty attainable number for that game, I'll say. So I think if Washington can keep that game close, definitely. I think it'll be tight. Could be a 24-23, you know, right there at the end type of game. And I feel the same way about the Bears and the Saints game. I think even though I think if that game goes, the higher that game goes, I think it's going to be much harder for the Bears to win it. I do think that if that game is hovering around 50, it's still attainable for the Bears. So I think I will go maybe over Bears-Saints possibly. Uh, I know, Chris, you completely on the other side of that, and that's not a sharp play at all. But I, I think in a way it is because I don't think a lot of people think the Bears can score a lot of points. So um, those are the two that I like. Okay, uh, specials. I have no specials for you this week because Danny Survivors is dead meat, did not win on those stupid Broncos. Oh, my God, the timeout at the two-point conversion. It's driving me freaking nuts with that. Matt, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. What they were doing calling a timeout on the two-point two conversion when, like, Las Vegas might not have even gotten the playoff. I don't know what they're saying. They, they did that even with uh, the touchdown to, I'm pretty sure. Like, they were like – yeah. Both they were like, let's let's just give the Raiders a little, little time to let's give them a little time. And then and then kicking a kicking a sixty three yard field goal with nine seconds left. Like, what are we doing? Were, that was another throw job. People are mad at Doug Peterson because that was on at night. That was a throw job by Vic Fangio. Last game of the week, last game of the year outside of the Sunday night game, and that's how the game. That's how it ended. It was Broncos Raiders unbelievable? Chris, Chris's wild card weekend playoff. Addition, super, super, super of the week. So I got two for you. So I'm personally running with two teasers for the weekend, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. You can take either one you want and bump it up those couple extra points for those supers. What we're rolling with, uh, Matt, I kind of took your idea a bit with the teaser unders. Oh, man, where did my, my picks go? Where'd you go? <laughs> I, I adjusted the window of my – there we go. Okay. Uh, so we've got one of the days. This is, I believe, Saturday. 
Uh, Bucks, Washington, under 51. Rams, Seahawks, under 49. And the Buffalo Bills in a pick That's the only one that didn't take the total on that one. So that's your Saturday teaser. You could bump those up a couple of points in the Super. And then we've also got on Sunday, Ravens, plus 3.5. Saints, minus 3.5. And, and the Steelers, plus a half. For your Sunday, you could bump those up again a couple of points to make it those Supers, and you get a little extra, a little extra wiggle room. Uh, but I like the juice that we got. And again, I love those unders. So those are, those are, that's what I'm rolling with this weekend. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Matthew Silbreth has the Magic Moneyline Parlay Special Edition. Tough to do it with just six games on the board and finding the things that you want to find. So what are we digging up this week? We are we're throwing the rule book out the window with what we've been doing all season. We've been trying to get the dogs I just, I just don't like enough of the dogs this week. And the dogs that I do like are big enough that I'm not going to put them in a parlay. I'm just going to play them straight up. Uh, Dan, I'm going to ride with you as far as the two dog money lines I'm going to be playing this week. It would be Washington plus 320. And you threw it out there with the Bears. I got to lay a little on the Bears plus 380. I mean, that's just too good. But, I mean, don't spoil those in a parlay. God, you know, one of those hits and the other one doesn't. You're going to be so mad that you just didn't play the one that's nearly plus 400. So we are going for the heavy favorite parlay here. Um, I'm going to take on the money line. We are going to take the Bills minus 290-ish, Seahawks minus 175, the Ravens minus 180, and the Steelers minus 265. That is going to be a return of plus 350. Um, I I, I did think about throwing in... um, the Bucks, obviously, but I, I you know, again, I, I, I did play them. I did play. Well, I'm taking Washington on the money line. Um, so yeah, obviously, you kind of do both. You know, throw them in, juice this up a little bit extra. But it's one of those sneaky teams, and I want to tag along with Chris's with with Chris's teaser though. I, I have a teaser of my own this week that I, I do really like, so I just got to give it out. Uh, Bills, like you said, Bills minus a half. Okay. Um, I am going to put the Bucks in this teaser minus two because I was actually able to grab a little bit of Washington plus nine. So now I've got a sweet seven-point middle with this teaser um, that I think both could easily hit. Um, and then and, and then throw the Steelers in there as well, minus a half. Um, I just – I don't – those three teams I think should win. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I absolutely love that. That's a very fun one with the Bucks, Steelers, uh, and the – what was the last one? Now I'm, now I'm forgetting. Bucks, Steelers. Bucks, Steelers, Bills in the teaser. The parlay is Bills, Seahawks, Ravens, Steelers. Bills, Seahawks, Ravens, Steelers. Heavy favorites. I'm telling you, this is going to be a hard week to hit a big parlay because this uh, you're going to see wild card weekend is always the one that somebody upsets somebody that we're not looking for. So could be some money lines out there, but I'm excited to see it. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, real quick, quick Pick, give it to me before I, we do our last thing. NCAA National Championship, Alabama, Ohio State. Line is eight points for Alabama. Over-under is 75. Who wins it or what's the total, Matt? You got to take the over in this game. You just have to take over 75? Are you kidding me? I mean, last week, Justin Fields just impressed the hell out of me with what he was able to do with, after taking that kidney shot and just come back in the game. I do worry that I think Bam is going to be a little bit more ready for those. I mean, it felt like some of those deep balls, Clemson just lost, absolutely lost receivers behind him. But the, those receivers for Iowa State are burners. I mean, they are burners. So they can get by. I think they can get by just about anybody. You're, you're going to have to lay the, the over 75 here. You just have to do it. Beautiful. I love that. Chris, 
Do I have to, Matt? Do I yes. have to? Do you know that only one college football playoff championship game has gone over that number? Was that last year? That was uh, Ohio State Alabama from mm. 2014, I believe. So I'm going under 75. It's just I, it's just too high of a number, and I know we want to be fun, but I've already taken four this my fourth under on the show today, so we're sticking with the trend. Um, again, it's just such an astronomical number, and the fact that we've only had one out of now the eight or whatever it's been that has even gone over that number. This could be again. If I've, I think Alabama is going to control this game, I'm not going to get sucked into Ohio State right now. But I'm also not going to get sucked into Alabama. But I have a feeling Alabama's going to be able to control this game with the unbelievable offense they have with Jones, Najee Harris, who just won the Doak Miller, Doak something Walker, Doak Walker Award. Uh, Demonte Smith obviously just won the Fred Bolitnikoff Award, uh, and you still got Nick Saban coaching as well. So. It's. I have to go with the under seventy five. It is Alabama just controlling this game. Devontae Smith also won the Heisman Trophy. Oh, Let's yeah. yeah. about that too. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> well, well, I, I just recently saw. I wonder why show. Chris mentioned the Fred Boyd. Well, he's he was a wonderful man. The wonderful <laughs> man. Happened to play for the Raiders, but he was away for the Raiders. Uh, well, you know, um, yeah, yeah. That's. I'm so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the boring person here and go under seventy five. Be the boring person, Chris. I love it. You know, semifinal games are always fun. It's the championship games rarely live up to it. We've had maybe two that have been close. And they'll be five and a half hours long. Right. They'll be a hundred years long. Um, Alabama minus eight. I hate it. I absolutely hate taking it because I know Ohio State's the right play. But Alabama, I think, controls it. I think they saw what Ohio State did. They will figure it out. They have two of the best defensive linemen that are going to the NFL. Patrick Sertan Jr. is the best corner in, in college football. And that offense, we already know what it is. Harris, Smith, possibility of Jalen Waddell coming back. I mean, there is like a ton of stuff. Alabama's going to show you how good their offense is in this game. Don't hate the over. <laughs> Devontae Smith also winning the Maxwell Award. First player to win the Maxwell and the Bolitnikoff Awards. In the same season. Devontae Smith is stupid. He's so it's disgustingly good. And the Heisman. Uh, let's the Heisman. go to... <laughs> I'm just saying, just, he's now won those three awards. That uh, yeah, little trophy. That little trophy. Right here. Thanks for that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's go... A trophy case already. I know, right? Let's go to a final thing. Gentlemen, gun to your head. AFC champ, NFC champ as we start playoff football. Chris. Chiefs, obviously, AFC. I, there's, I can't pick against them at any point. And then NFC, uh, I want to go chalk with the Packers, but I just got a feeling about these these darn Seattle Seahawks. I think we're going to get Seahawks-Chiefs in the Super Bowl. A little Russell Wilson-Patrick Mahomes action. Chiefs-Seahawks. Very interesting. Matthew. Uh, out of the NFC, I'm, down, I'm, I'm taking the Packers. I think the Packers are, getting, uh, are just getting ready to roll through this NFC. Um and on the AFC side, we are going to just ride with the Buffalo Bills and hope that they, they that AFC championship game can hopefully be a shootout between uh, the Chiefs and the Bills, and then the Bills can just magically will them their way. And then I end up a Bills-Packers Super Bowl sounds like a lot of fun to me. Packers, definitely. Rodgers, fattest man on the freaking planet. I hate this, but I am going to also take the Buffalo Bills. I just, I hate it. But you know what? They just seem like that team has the most camaraderie out of any team. 
in the playoffs. Uh, the Chiefs are good, but there's clearly a little bit of a drop-off from last year, and I think Buffalo, if they play them again, could surprise them and beat them. I'll take the Bills. Very, very sore spot. But they do determine it. They, they have been good this year. I so. hope you guys are right. I I hope and pray you guys. I can't. I can't see the Chiefs win this football. I just can't do it. I will explode. My head will explode. It'll be gone. His head will, in fact, be off of his body. Me and Matt, not only with the preseason picks, both of them at the same. How with the pre-playoff picks, both of them the same. Very nervous. Not good to be on my side, Danny. <laughs> I don't know if we've learned, but yeah, definitely not. Definitely not too, looking too good. But hey, we get. I am. I'm actually very concerned with how on the same page we are for this weekend. We need to get through this weekend. If none of us do well, or if one of us doesn't do well, all of us aren't doing well. So it could be a bloodbath, or if we could be singing in the rain. Well, maybe that's the key to this weekend. Everybody hold hands because it's gonna be a wild ride in the wild card weekend, baby. Triple header Saturday, Sunday. You can listen to us. Anytime you want on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we'll be on Sports Country Radio all day Saturday at 11 a.m. Chris has something to say before I continue. Please, uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, write a review and leave a review. It helps out a whole bunch uh, with us on there on Apple Podcasts. So if you listen to us there, uh, please uh, write a review or at least leave us some 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 stars, some higher up stars. Please. Five stars. Five stars are only acceptable. Five. Well, the, well, our picks might not have been beautiful this week outside uh, this year outside of Dan. You, you, you're here for the personality. You laughed at every single thing, Lewis. Before I say goodbye, give me one pick for the whole weekend. Give it to me. The whole shebang. The yeah. whole thing. Give me one pick. You can't take oh. the Jets this week. I can't take the Jets this week. I wish I could. Bad oh, pick. Man. Can I just pick uh, Browns Washington Football Team Super Bowl? Can we just go? Uh... <laughs> Okay, everybody. Ever. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, everybody, parlay the Browns and the Washington football team this week. That is a loser. <laughs> you love it. Like I said, you can listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net, 11 a.m., 1 p.m. I'm sorry, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturday, and again at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning to get those Sunday games in as well. For Matty Ice, Matty C. Matt Silver, and for Chris Rosman, and our wonderful producer, Lou Perico, I am Dan Zimbano. We thank you for listening to this very long, very fun edition of the Sunday Coming.